for those of us who are connected to Father Heart Ministries, we feel that we owe a great debt to a man called Jack Winter, who brought this revelation of, of Father loving us as his children and us entering into an inner relationship with him as child to father. Um, Jack travelled the world. His passion was to see people made whole. And he discovered in this revelation of the Father that it was the love of God the Father that actually created wholeness within a person's heart. And so we trace our legacy back to Jack and we are so grateful to all that he brought us. And it's my privilege to have Jack's wife Dorothy with me. She will be talking about the legacy that they've, they've left. She will be talking about her memories of ministering together and the faithfulness of the Lord uh, right up to this day. The chat we had was conducted over the telephone, so I do apologise uh, right now for sometimes the poor quality of the recording, but I think what Dorothy has to say is worth uh, hanging in there and listening to. She'll be coming up in just a moment. Don't go away. Well, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very, I've, I've been looking forward to this chat with you. That's nice. We've been friends on Facebook for a while, but we, it's just lovely to be able to speak to you. Yeah. Are you in uh, New Zealand? Uh, I mean, do you live in New Zealand? Or, no, uh, I, I, live in, I live in Scotland, Dorothy. Oh, you live in Scotland. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, one of, I'm one of those who are spread out across the world. Is the connection all right? The connection is fine. I can hear you. Oh, that's fine. good. That's good. I just wanted to chat because, you know, we've heard so much about Jack from, from James and Denise, but I wanted to actually, so I, I just, I wanted to hear more about you rather than just stories about Jack. It's hard for me to know what to say. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, obviously, you know, we've heard all these things about what Jack was like, but, uh, and it was, it was a bit extraordinary, but you must be a bit of an extraordinary woman to, to have walked that path with him. Well, uh, we were married in 1955, so that's 60 uh, years ago, 65 years ago. Wow. Uh, when we were married, we were at Bethany Fellowship, uh, uh, Bible training school in uh, uh, in Minneapolis. Sure. Oh. And um, we were we went. It's a three-year training program. We we graduated from that, and then we were put on the staff of the school. Right. And we worked on and staff there for. Um, uh, until 1964, okay, so when we launched our own our own ministry called Daystar Ministries, uh-huh. and oh. that's the uh, ministry that uh, James and Denise were part of for a while in the uh-huh. states. Yeah, they, um, they traveled over to the states at the end of the 70s, didn't they? Yes, they did. Uh, it was in um, probably about 1977. Or seventy-eight. Okay. Wow. Uh, and uh, we had met them at uh, Orama in um, in New Zealand. Yeah. 
was were you, you guys ministering there or i'm sorry were, were you and jack ministering there uh, yes jack was there uh they had a um uh some kind of a conference or uh meetings and they had asked jack to come to be a speaker there wow. that's where we met uh james and denise uh they were, uh, I can't remember, I think it, they were either part of the staff there or just part of the meeting. I can't remember yeah. now. Yeah. And um, I, I, they, I think uh, because of that connection, they felt a real connection to us at that point. Yeah. I think it was 1977. And um, so later they decided to uh, move. We had a, a ministry center in Indiana, uh, near Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh -huh. And that's where they first came, you know. By that time we had been from 1964 to 1977, we'd been ministering in, mostly in the United States, but also Jack had gone to several other uh, countries. Um, he'd, he'd been, he would, he had been uh, part of, uh, he wasn't a part of it, but he had been asked by YWAM to go to some of their schools yeah. and minister to the students. Wow. Did you, get, so, did you travel with them, Dorothy? I did. Uh, not all the time, but I did quite a bit of the time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, at first, we didn't, I didn't want to go because we had three small children. Right. But when they got older, you know, when they were in high school and college, then I felt more free to travel Wonderful. with them. And um, so I went, to, you know, to Europe and um, New Zealand, Australia, uh, wow. and other places in the world, and also in the U.S. Wow. and Canada. Yeah. So you were saying that you married in '55. Is that when you right. met? Did you meet it at the Bible school we or met, somewhere else? Uh, well, we met in college, um, right. in Olaf College in uh, Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, it's a Lutheran uh, liberal arts college. And Jack was in the, uh, they had a, a pre-seminary major kind of thing. And yeah. so he was a pre-sem student planning to go on to seminary and become a minister. Yeah. So wow. then we uh, moved. Then we went to Bethany, also a Lutheran school that um, <clears throat> it's a missionary training school. Thinking wow. we would become missionaries, uh -huh. wow. and uh, but we we ended up on staff there. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you uh, think of it yeah. all, of the, when you think of it all of the countries you visited, I guess you did become missionaries after all. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. Um, yeah, but um, uh, in, uh, we uh, started out. Uh, it was we were part of the charismatic movement. Uh -huh. Do you know? Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's how we really got started in uh, the ministry that of uh, the Daystar Ministries. Okay. And uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, especially, and then. In 1977, uh, Jack began to 
Jack ministered to a lot of people. I mean, you know, he was praying for people constantly. He was always in demand to come and speak at places. Wow. And, um, and there were some people that he felt he just wasn't getting through to. Yeah. Uh, he needed something more. And that's when he began to speak about people did not have a real connection to God as, as God is a father. Right. Uh, and uh, they didn't have that relationship and that's when he began to minister father's love yeah Uh, it's interesting i I was speaking with a friend recently who actually went to zion harbor in 1977 oh yeah that was very early on who is that you know remember the name carl eldon carl and he had split up from and he, he'd actually gone to Zion Harbor because Kathy had taken the kids there for, to a weekend camp or something. And oh, he, was in, okay. he was intending to break the family up. But he went into one of the meetings and somehow Jack got to speaking to him and asked him to tell him about his dad. And Carol says he just broke down crying uh, and he didn't break up the family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that happens, you know, so many times. Yeah, it's amazing. So what what was Zion Harbor? Uh, Zion Harbor was a, um, it was was like a Bible camp. Uh Um, It was on a lake in uh, northern Minnesota called Leech Lake. And it was, uh, I had facilities for, uh, it had a main building with uh, 22 bedrooms and uh, kitchen, you know, and dining room and facilities like that. And then it had a number of cabins, uh, small little cabins, that yeah. were like two-bedroom cabins. And um, then also had a dormitory and a couple of other houses. And it had space for people to come with their campers right. you know, their, that they could set up. Yeah. And um, so we could ha- we often had four or five hundred people, even up to six, seven hundred people sometimes wow. in the summer. It wow. was because it was in northern Minnesota. We were only open, um, you know, during the summer, sure. like ten or twelve weeks usually. Although we did have a, a staff that stayed there year round, and we had yeah. occasional. Uh, weekend conferences or couples meetings or things like that. So was that, uh, that a base for Daystar? It was. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also had a place in Minneapolis. We had a place in um, Chicago and in Fargo, North Dakota. Wow. So what, so, what, made, another, what, what, what happened that you guys decided to set up Day, Daystar? Uh, well, uh, we we were uh, looking, Jack and I were looking for a place in Minneapolis because Jack had become, you know, uh, in the charismatic movement, there were churches that were having meetings all the time and they yeah. were looking for someone and Jack was, you know, always in demand. And we then we were also at Bethany on the staff at Bethany. Sure. And it was like we couldn't do both. We had to make a choice which way we're going to go. 
So we thought we should open our own ministry. So we, that's where we decided to look for a place in Minneapolis. And we found this uh, building that had been like a, a nursing home, yeah. a building that had like 23 bedrooms and in all the facilities of a nursing home, but it was for sale. And uh, so even without any money or anything, we decided to put a bid in buy it. <laughs> Wow. It was like 140000 That oh, was quite a lot of money in the 60s. Right. It was a lot of money. Yeah. It was some, like if back in the 60s, if you were making $10,000 a year, that was a really good salary. You know? yeah. Wow. We felt that God was leading us and uh, that God would supply, and he did. And from that, then we would have meetings, and we'd invite people coming up. They would come. We didn't want to interfere with people going to church. Sure. We didn't want to take them away from their churches. So the we'd have a meeting like on Tuesday night or something like that yeah. uh, regularly. And of course, <clears throat> it, was, it can only com- accommodate like maybe the top like 125 people. Yeah, you know, for a meeting and. Uh, so then we decided that we should expand and get something else, especially in the summer. So that's when we looked around and we found this place in uh, northern Minnesota. And uh, it was for sale. It was a resort. Okay. And, uh, wow. So we launched out again without money and put, <laughs> put an offer in. And uh, we managed to, you know, do that as well. The money came in and was, and uh, that uh, people came from all over, uh, you know, to that camp in the summer. We didn't charge anything. I mean, we, we opened it up on a free will offering basis because we felt there were so many people that needed ministry that just couldn't afford it, you know? So we had to, um, but we asked them to pay what they could. Sure. And um, we, we, we managed to keep it going. That's amazing. Um, right. We had a wonderful staff there. You know, the people were, uh-huh. we couldn't ask for better people, you know. But I love and, that uh, as well of, of just saying what, can you, what you can afford. You know, it's so different from a lot of things that you see in the Christian world around finance. Right, exactly. But uh, Jack, you know, he had read about, um, well, I can't remember the name now, but the um, um, somebody from England who yeah. had, whose ministry, he also had used that model where he felt that if God was leading him, God would supply. And wow. so that's where we got the idea that let's, wow. you know, if God is really leading us, then yeah. God will take care of us, you wow. know. There must have been a few tense moments, though. Oh, yeah, there always were. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's for sure. But, you know, you just don't because they're a hard time, you know? Yeah. So that's, um, and I have to say, I mean, God was faithful. I mean, 
Yeah. We we never got to the place where we didn't have food or shelter or wow. uh, something to share, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. That's wonderful. What so when Jack came came home and, and said to you that, you know, he felt that people needed to know the father more and and he would start praying for them by embracing them and I mean how did that sound to you when he came in when he was saying all of that? It, what did that what? Sorry, when Jack you know came home and said people need to have a, a, a more of a relationship with the father and he was speaking about praying for them by putting his arms around them. How how did how did you see that happening? Well, uh I agreed with him. I mean, this is a need that people yeah. people had. I mean, they had they had to feel yeah. something, yeah. you know. Um, and I think that he felt like he was imparting his father's love to them. And the response response we had from people yeah. was like the one you said about Carl, uh, who just broke down and cried, and that happened again and again. Yeah. You know. Wow. And I think the incredible thing is that's still the model we use in Father Heart Ministries. We right. still use that model of embracing people and praying that that our arms would become the Father's arms, you know? Uh-huh. We still right. do that. Wow. And people really felt it. And we had people, some of them were ready to commit suicide. There are others who were, wow. you know, addicted to drugs or alcohol yeah. or uh sex or whatever yeah. that um, that you know a lot of people had just crossed off as far as trying to minister to them oh. that responded that's incredible yeah that's incredible wow. I think I think that you know in the Christian church that one thing that's emphasized so much is obedience sure but I think that it's more people need to know a relationship. If they don't have a relationship with, with God, you know, an internal relationship, yeah. uh, obedience is, is just really hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and people get so messed up with it because they think they have to do something spectacular or something very special or, you know, Yes. Or something crazy, <laughs> you know, to show that they are obedient yeah. without without the understanding that no, that's it isn't that. I mean, when you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you don't think I've got to obey this person. You know what I mean? Yes, that's that's true. Even though uh, even it's though something that flows from your heart, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you you read the scriptures and you feel like you instead of thinking this is a commandment I must obey, you think of it as something to guide your life. Because we've we've made the Christian living the Christian life dependent upon keeping all of these rules and, and things, haven't we? Right, right. We have. I mean, you you have to pray so much. You have to. It, it, people, there are different kinds of rules that people have to show yeah. um, instead of you know just living your life in conformity with 
the kingdom of God, you know. Uh, was that a big focus for, for you and for Jack to, about to the, the inner relationship rather than the obedience? Yes, I think so. I mean, when we felt moved to do something, it wasn't a matter we we have to do this out of obedience. Yeah. You know, it was just something that we felt internally uh, connected, you know, yeah. God was leading us and uh, God would take care of us. And wow. it, you know, it, it took away a lot of the stress. Well, and that's a, that's, that's a thing, not just in Christian church, but in society. Stress is a massive thing, isn't it, in people's lives? Because they have to do things. Oh, it is. have to achieve things. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to live like that in response to an inner experience. Right. Wow. And um, another thing that, you know, I think that a lot of ministries and a lot of pastors and uh and the evangelists and so on, they think in terms of numbers. Yes. You know, uh, as a sign of success yes. kind of thing. And Jack would say, you know, I can speak to a thousand people and maybe 20 will respond. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or maybe <clears throat> maybe more than that. Maybe Maybe a lot of people will. But he said, you know what? And it comes right down to it. If there, it, he said, I I would rather speak to a small group of people who really absorb this message and know it would yeah. be a lot more effective in the long run. Yeah, I've I've kind of I've gotten to that place now, Dorothy, where where I think along the same lines, um, because that. When I was a pastor, the the pressure is on you to, you know, increase your congregation numbers, increase your your finances, and all of that kind of thing. Right. And, and it's that that falls, and that works into that whole obedience thing and stress, where you're trying hard to do what's expected of you, but actually right. feeling as though you're not succeeding. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas now I'm, I'm like, you know, if six people turn up and all of them respond in their hearts to what I'm saying, then that's that's a successful meeting. You know, that's right. You know, um, it's like then those six people go out and it's exponential. Exactly. And it's, yes. And it's and it's in the results. You may not see them right away, but you know, if a family like this, the one that you mentioned was saved from being, you know, split up and yeah. everyone going their own way. Yeah. That's, you know, just being able to keep them together and to have a sense of family and it's going to make a difference in the world, you know? For sure. <laughs> a lot more than some of our, our striving and uh, mm-hmm. self-efforts right. I, I wonder if without realizing it all we're doing is just empire building right yeah and then you get into that conflict you know with 
somebody is encroaching on your territory. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, or you split hairs over something of, of doctrine, accepting people for who they are, yeah. you know, and and ministering to that inner need that they have. If, that, if they get really touched in their heart, it's going to be a change, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's uh, one of the biggest things that's come down to, to us from, from you and Jack is that it's one of the focuses of the ministry now is like it's about a person's heart being touched and changed, not their behaviour, right. not, not anything else, but their heart. Right. And trusting right. God to do the work in their heart because we can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and leave it, kind of, leave it up to the Holy Spirit to do yeah, that. Yeah. Do the work, you know. I I think that's one of the things that that we've inherited from you and Jack that emphasis, that philosophy, Uh, and it's one that I'm grateful for, certainly myself. Personally, you know, I mean, uh, I feel that God is more than taking care of me (laughs) and provided for me. Wow. I'm 86 years old now, and really. Wow. You know, even though we were giving and giving and giving and giving, yeah. it's like everything is coming back to me. I mean, I I, I have no I don't want for anything. You that's, know, I'm I'm that's wonderful. I'm doing well. I'm yeah. physically, mentally and uh, yeah, economically I hope, I hope I sound as as, as well as you do at at eighty six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just speaking about speaking about giving, we've heard the story about the million dollars. Um, what 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 was your perspective on that and giving away a million dollars? Uh, there was a, a couple uh, that we knew. They were friends of ours. Their names were uh, Halverson, and um, they were the ones that approached us about this property in Minneapolis. Uh, well, it was in uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh-huh. Um, that uh, they had a chance to buy. And it was on the corner of whether it was going to be a, um, a major intersection on the, on the uh, U.S. Uh, freeway system, yeah. roads and so on. And so a, a corner on one of those intersections was worth a lot of money. Uh, and so this happened, I think, when we were still at Bethany that we were found out about this. Okay. So um, they asked if we would join with them and and um, partner with them to get this get a hold of this property. Yeah. Well, we didn't have any money. I mean, at Bethany, uh, we lived by faith, <laughs> and we really didn't have any money, but. So I decided to ask my parents. I mean, they owned a farm in Wisconsin and they were about to sell to retire. And um, if they would like to invest. Right. So I think they put in like $20,000 or something and the, uh, the other couple put in $20,000. And um, so, I mean, we're talking way back, and this yeah. is actually a, That's a lot earlier of- than day day star even. And so, um, 
$40,000, I think, is what it costs. The numbers, I just don't remember for sure just exactly what that was. So that's where uh, we wanted to hang on to this property um, because we felt it was going to increase in value. Yeah. So then uh, the other couple, they had waited so long and they were elderly and they felt they just wanted to be out of the out of it so we bought them out i think i think we paid them i don't remember what but whatever the share was yeah. we, we managed to be able to pay them out, uh, off and so that's when we owned the property my parents <laughs> did not uh, they lived there they actually lived there all right when they retired because there uh-huh. was a house on the property and a barn and you know it was rural, but I mean, it was it was no longer a working farm. It was yes. Just, but they they did live there for a few years, and we kept it then. And then when Jack heard that uh, YRAM needed money, yeah, to build the school in uh, Hawaii, he decided that the thing to do would be to deed the property, which at the time he uh, felt was worth a million dollars. Yeah. Um, that's when he decided we need to deed this over to YWAM, which we did. Right. Wow. And, uh, and that was our, that was the end of it as far as our involvement in that property is concerned. Okay. But I think YWAM used that uh, as collateral to get some loans uh, for their property in uh, in Hawaii. Right. Ah, so yeah, that's that's different from the version I've heard. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that's basically what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I mean that 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 um, must, that must have been a big decision for you to just hand over that property after so long. Well, you know. Yes, except that when we initially bought it we did not consider it ours okay. you know what i mean yeah. it, was, it was it was always god's wow. you know what i mean it always belonged to god it didn't belong yeah. to us so yeah. it was not hard for me at all wow to see that property being used you know yeah that's for, awesome for kingdom purposes i mean it was just like miraculous to me that we could do that yeah that's wonderful Dorothy but I never thought of it as something that we ourselves would profit from sure wow so even when you put that money into it you felt this was this was something of the Lord that's right you know Uh and my parents were very gracious and they felt the same way it was not like it was not like they felt I mean, of course, they had passed on by the time sure. we, we let it go. Oh. But. Wow. Uh-huh. That's a, that, I mean, think even, even though it's a, a different from the story I've heard, it's still an incredible story of faith and, and faithfulness, too. So it's not like we somehow sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never thought of it as a sacrifice, really. I thought of it as a privilege. Wow. That is the humility in that Dorothy is incredible. Um, I think there's a I think there's a lesson there for all of us in holding lightly to things. 
I, I never felt we suffered um, loss or anything like that, you know, because of it. So was that a general principle that you, you had in, in, in your life together with Jack, just holding everything loosely and lightly? Uh, well, yes. I mean, not, we hardly ever had anything. <laughs> so, you know, when we could, when we could, when people, when people sacrificed to give to us, you know, yeah. for properties or whatever, uh -huh. uh, it wasn't ours. It was never ours. You know, Jack, Jack's idea was he would give whatever he could, whenever he could. And so <laughs> that's what he did. Whether, you know, but, you know, I mean, um, we put three, three children through college. When we moved to uh, California, we, we were able to buy a place. And uh, when Jack died, I sold it. And for like four times the amount we paid for it. Wow. That gave me a lot of retirement income. And, um, and our kids have prospered. We have all, all three of our children. That's wonderful. You know, it's not like uh, they lost out because yeah. <laughs> at all. I mean, they, they've done extremely well for themselves. I didn't realize that you'd gone to California. When, when, when did that happen, Dorothy? Uh, we moved to California in 1995. Okay. We weren't a part of Daystar anymore because Daystar kind of ended. I always felt like Daystar was for a time and a, a season, but it wasn't yeah. meant to continue. Right, that's interesting. But, so, and Jack was in ministry at the time. I mean, he, he went to Korea at least 40 times. And um, so he traveled all through Asia and South America and even Africa and the Middle East. And um, so, so uh, you know, he had his own ministry, you know. How, how did they get involved with Toronto? How did that come about? How did you guys in get Toronto? Yeah, how did you guys get involved with John and Carol? Oh, uh, we uh, well, Jack was a speaker at all of the conferences starting in the nineties. Mike and John, Jack ministered to John and Carol. Um, uh, I don't remember the, how that happened, how he met them, I, but he was at one of their conferences when they were first starting their church in Toronto okay. and uh, he ministered to them personally yeah. and um, they just they they just took up that ministry and uh, what was it then? I remember hearing James talking about Jack contacting him and saying you have to go to Toronto <laughs> right yes. James was kind of like yeah whatever but he said Jack was insistent you need to go to Toronto yeah. And I think uh, I think James got uh, inspired, and I think he got launched into ministry himself yeah. through that. It, it was during that the time at Toronto that you and Jack and James and Denise kind of formed Father Heart Ministries. You know, uh, others who were interested. Yeah. Uh, we being uh, when we went to Toronto, uh, we met like Jack Frost. You probably, you probably have heard of Jack Frost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, never, I never met Jack, but I've heard of him. He uh, he has passed away too, yeah. and uh, there was a, a person from Germany and some Norwegians, and you know there was you know different ones that wanted to be a part of the ministry, and so sure. it got uh, like Father Hart 
became a, a ministry. Dorothy, it's, it's absolutely been absolutely wonderful to chat with you. I've really loved hearing you and hearing your stories. Um, what, people talk about revival nowadays, you know, and it's this big thing. What, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, one of the things we've been talking about is, is this love that Jack started talking about in the 70s, is this what the revival is going to look like? I think that the thing that is going to sustain people I think there are hard times coming, and I think the thing that's going to sustain people is knowing a relationship, really knowing yeah. Father, you know, Father God, and being able to place their trust in God, because, you know, people can fall away, like it talks about in the scripture, <clears throat> yeah. you know, uh, about those who receive the seed and some, you know, scatter and don't, it, but it doesn't really um is that really implanted in their soul yes um and um but i think i think that's when it's going to sustain people in any kind of trial or right. whatever and um and and be able well they'll be able to endure and 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 actually thrive so uh i don't look for you know the kind of revival that uh, that we've seen in the past yes. so much. I think it's going to be more quiet and inner type of thing that happens to people. That's really interesting, yeah. I like that. Those are good words. I'll, I'll take them for myself as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. That's, that's that idea of, of what sustains us, not what excites us. So, you know, we can get excited by the big boom things happening, but but what's going to sustain us during the quieter or the more difficult times. That's a great ending to, to our chat. Well, the bit I'm recording anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Dorothy, it's been so, so lovely to speak with you. I have so enjoyed hearing you. Well, thank you. Thank I'm so, I just want you to know I'm so grateful for the legacy that you and Jack have handed on to us. Um, that we're able to run with today because of what you pioneered back then, because of what you saw God doing. And, and right. the right. I'm so grateful and thankful to you for that. You know, it's all God. Yeah. You know, but he chooses, God. he chooses people to carry it for him sometimes. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I'm so grateful that you and Jack did that and passed it. Well, and thank passed you for that. I think that's the thing for me, Dorothy, is the fact that you passed it on through various people that were part of the ministry. I mean, the people I know are James and Denise and obviously Peter and Heather, but there are others that you pass it on through. Um, and not a lot of people do that in ministry to pass it on and encourage right. them to, to, to stand on their shoulders. Right. That, that is a wonderful um, legacy you've given us. That's that good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So the people I've known in the past, like James and Denise and others, are still dear to me, yeah. even though I don't have much contact anymore. I treasure those times. Again, thank you so much, Dorothy. Um, oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to chat with me. Um, I hope we can meet sometime. That would be beautiful. That would be lovely. I'd love to, to spend some time out over a coffee or something with you. Yeah. Uh, my son lives in England. All right. Oh. In London. And, uh, it's only a couple of hours away. 
and he's um, he has a family there. His his um, his children. His oldest daughter is here in the states now, going to college. But right. Yeah, he, he has three children and a nice wife. So he's and he's very uh, he's prospered very much. He's a CEO of a major bank. Wonderful. And and um, so he's doing very well. Yeah. So I, I go to London. Uh, well, I have been going to London every year. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, I'm not scheduled to go this, this year. But maybe, God willing, I'll be able to go there again. Well, if so. you're there next year, I'll, I'll pop down for a coffee. <laughs> okay, do that. <laughs> okay. I'll let you go on with your, it must be close to your lunchtime now. Uh, yes, but um, that's fine. No problem. So anyway, well, uh, greet those who have known Jack and um, wish him all the best. I will. All uh, right. Thank you. Bless you, Dorothy. Thank you so much. Bless you too.